0: Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Churches Podcast. Hey Amen. I'm telling you what, nobody makes me live the way that I do. I tell you, I've lived this way because I've found what true freedom, what freedom that is indeed freedom, is really all about. I used to have addictions. I used to go places I shouldn't go and couldn't get away from. But thanks to God, He set me free and He gave me an identity of what real freedom is all about. And I'm telling somebody here today the things that you went through in your past, God is going to use those things to propel you into your future. It not, maybe they were your mistakes, but God has a way of taking all of your wrongdoings and creating in you something that he could never create in somebody else. He'll use your past. Jesus is in a discussion here. There are some Jewish people that are here with him, as well as others. And he's having quite the impact as John records it in chapter 8. He says, as he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? They're having a little bit of a conflict in their mind. Because they don't realize that they are indeed in bondage at the point. How can you make us free? We're already free. We're Abraham's descendants. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. that encompassed the entire group that was there. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. You ought to go home and read this really slow and let this sink in. See, that Jesus is telling them that there will come a time when you'll be put out of the house if you are a slave to sin, because there comes a point in time that even though the slave to sin is, gets to dwell in the house for a time. it's only the Sun that gets to remain in the house. The Sun abides forever. Therefore if the Sun makes you free, man I feel the Holy Ghost already. The word is so powerful today. <laughs> if the Sun makes you free, that were a slave that were in bondage that were locked up you shall be free indeed I just want to preach to you a message that I've entitled locked in locked in why don't we lay our Bibles down one more time why don't we just go to the Lord very quickly in the outset of this message today I want the Lord to speak to our hearts and I definitely need his help today in order for that to take place. Lift your voice with me. Let's pray that God would touch our hearts right now in the name of Jesus. Precious Savior, we thank you today, God, for the avenue that we have access to in salvation. God, we're thankful for the Son that has set us free today. But I do know that in this congregation today, Lord, in the hearing, God, of your word today, that there will be those who feel trapped. They feel locked in. They feel a prisoner and a slave to sin. Lord, I pray that by the end of this message that there would be, God, a, a light that is shined into our hearts that helps us understand that we have an advocate with the Father. Father, that we have a way out of the bondage and the slavery of sin, that we do not have to remain locked in. But God, we can be set free today and not just free momentarily, but Lord, we can be made sons and daughters, Lord, that can live in your house forever. In Jesus' name we pray. And would you say amen today? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now I'm going to ask a rhetorical question here today and there may be a handful of folks that that this is this this is something that maybe you have never done but I would say by and large that for the most of us that are here we have done what I'm about ready to ask you and I'm going to ask if there's anybody ever that has locked yourself out of your car. Not a pleasant thing, is it? You know, never before in your entire life has a coat hanger seemed like your best friend. You're willing to do just about anything to get inside of that car. I can remember just about a year and a half ago, we had purchased a, a newer vehicle, and it come with a keyless remote. And, and And on the side of this car, uh, it also had a place where you could touch the buttons on the outside, and it, it would unlock and it, it would unlock itself. You did not have to have the remote. With well, the car, it only come with one key, and we were uh, literally right outside of these walls here. Car was parked out on the street, and we had driven together, me and my wife, and so we only had one vehicle here, and one of us, and I won't say which, uh, because I just don't want to, <laughs> left the key, the one and only key inside of the car. One gets me in trouble; the other one makes me the guilty party. I can't win either way, so I'm just going to leave it alone. The key was inside of the car. We didn't have another key we could go home and get, so. The beautiful thing was is I have this way with numbers. There's something about numbers. Now you tell me your name and five minutes later I, I I can't remember your name. I may remember your face for a long time but there's something that sticks in my mind with numbers and it just so happened that about four or five days before I had been looking through some of the paperwork that came along with it and, and there was a number for the code that you could unlock the door without having the key and so I walked over there and I didn't think about it. I just went beep, 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 click. And it unlocked, and it was a beautiful thing to be able to get back inside of our vehicle. So, I would say to you that there's probably only one thing worse than being locked out of your car, and that is being locked in your car. Has anybody ever done that? sweetheart all you got to do is touch the button they're just playing with their little rattle you've locked the baby inside the car you just got out to say hello to somebody you weren't leaving them the car was right there and the next thing you know by habit you got out and you locked your keys in your car and little Joey is still in the car seat in the back and he has no clue that he is uh, he has been left alone inside of that car and you cannot get to him it's a terrible thing to be locked in you may have heard this story on the news just recently happened within the past five or six days but there was a woman that was shopping over uh, in the St. Louis area and she was looking for a brand new mattress to replace her old worn out mattress and so she went into this mattress store and she began to look around at the different mattresses you know how we do, we sit down on them, we touch them well she she said, you know what, if I'm going to be sleeping on this mattress for the next 8 to 10 years, I, I'm going to lay down on this thing and, and lay here for a while, but what she didn't realize was she was going to fall asleep and that's what she did She fell asleep on that mattress. It was that comfortable. It felt that good. Would not have been a problem had the people in the store known that she was laying on the mattress when they locked up the doors and went home for the night. Can you imagine what it must have felt like at three or four o'clock in the morning to wake up still inside of that mattress store, but none of the lights are on and nobody's around have mercy I can't I don't know where I'm at when I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm in my own bed in my own home that I've lived in for 15 years I'm disoriented I can't imagine what it would feel like to wake up in this mattress store and and come to the realization that you have been left there by yourself I'm thinking was she a single woman I mean if that had been me my wife would have been calling me hey where are you at I'm locked inside the mattress store honey you're not going to believe this one (laughs) She wakes up and she's locked inside. Now it would have been bad had she got to the store looking for the mattress and walked up. You know how we do. We grab the door and we think that they're still open, but they've, they've closed already and you can't get in. What a disappointment that would that would be. What an inconvenience that might be not to be able to get inside of the store and do your shopping. But there's something that is far worse than being locked outside of the store. And that would be being locked inside of the store. The next morning, the people that own the store come in, they put the key in the lock, they walk inside, and here's this, here's this strange woman walking around like she doesn't know what's going on inside the store, and they immediately call the police. True story. I'm not lying to you unless they're lying to me. And in that case, it's their lie, and I'm just repeating their lie, but I'm doing it with an honest heart. Okay, so they unlock the door, they walk in, they call the police on her because they don't know what's going on until they get her story. What happened to you? Why fell asleep on your mattress. They said, this is too good to be true. You can't buy advertisement like this. And so they decided that they weren't going to file any charges because they thought, what a great story to sell our mattresses. Our mattresses are so comfortable that you won't even want to leave the store. (laughs) Nobody likes being locked in. Nobody likes being a prisoner. And yet you will find that most people are just that. They are prisoners. They're locked in, maybe not from some concrete walls and some uh, barred doors, but from a cell that is much more difficult to break free from than Alcatraz ever was. Amen, it's more difficult to get out of than the county lockup. It's more difficult to get out of than Menard Penitentiary. Amen, It's it's a prison that is designed to hold us called sin, and nobody gets free from sin unless you find the one who has the key and praise the Lord, I've found him who holds the keys. I found the one who can unlock the prison doors. I found the one who can set me not just free, but can set me free indeed. Yes. That word indeed means for a fact or in reality for a truth. It's not a fable. It's not a maybe. It's not an if. But it is a fact that Jesus was saying. If the Son makes you free, you shall be in fact free. Yeah. It means to confirm or amplify a previous statement. Jesus was being emphatic here. He said, I know you have a definition of freedom. I know that you're from the descendants of Abraham and you've never in this physical world ever been a slave. You've never been locked away, but in your heart, there's a prison that you've never been able to escape. In your spiritual realm, there is a cell that The door is so thick that you'll never be able to penetrate it no matter how hard you try, no matter how long you work at it. You're never going to escape it. Nobody escapes this prison that they're locked in without the keys. Jesus said whoever commits sin is a prisoner of sin. A slave to sin. Slaves of sin are bound. Slaves of sin are locked in a cell that cannot be broken free from. Sin has created a lock that no mortal man can unlock. You can't live good enough you can't do enough good deeds you can't walk enough old ladies across the street you can't get uh, enough boy scout patches where the good things that you do are going to overcome the sin that you were born with you might be able to keep yourself out of the gray bar motel down the street you may never get arrested by a police officer or thrown in jail amen in this world but you're already a prisoner you're already locked in to sin you're already locked in And because of that, every single human being needs somebody to set them free. And Jesus Christ said, I am that son that has come to set the captive free. And if the son shall make you free, you will be free indeed. Sin houses millions. But it keeps the prisoner from realizing they're in prison because it gives them enough room to feel like they're free. That's the illusion that sin has created for mankind you don't believe me you just talk to enough people and you'll find that they'll look at you and say why do you got to dress like that and why do you got to live like that and why do you go to church like that don't you want to be free of all those things and what they don't realize is we are the ones that are free We're they're looking through the the bars but they're not looking at us on the inside they're looking at us on the outside they just don't realize that they are the ones that are locked in. you guys got to do this and you got to do that. And they're sitting there poking, puffing on that cigarette that they've been trying to stop smoking for the last 20 years. They're trying to, they're trying to set that bottle down. You tell me who's free. Sin creates the illusion of freedom. Jesus answered them. They spoke to Jesus and they said, we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been in bondage to anybody. What freedom are you talking about? Come on, you're one of us. You understand you're living on the earth the same time, the same era that we are on the earth. What are you talking about freedom? Nobody's got shackles on my arms. Nobody's got chains around my legs. Nobody's creating a prison cell for me. And Jesus had to explain to them. You are truly locked in. They felt free, but they were not free indeed. They had a physical freedom, but they were in a spiritual bondage. Don't be fooled by what this world defines freedom as. Because they have the illusion that they are walking free. They have the illusion that they are doing what they want. But the reality is, is they are being led around by the nose, by the master of sin, the one that wants to kill and destroy. Amen. I'm telling you what, nobody makes me live the way that I do. I tell you, I've lived this way because I've found what true freedom, what freedom that is indeed freedom is really all about. I used to have addictions. I used to go places I shouldn't go and couldn't get away from but thanks to God he set me free and he gave me an identity of what real freedom is all about come on somebody clap your hands if you've been set free indeed today if the prison cell they used to have you bound it's flung open wide and Jesus is standing outside that door and he said come on out from among them and be ye separate you know what freedom is really all about Every sin comes with a price. Every disobedient action that makes a person feel like they are doing what they please adds to the complexity of the lock that is holding them prisoner. Some locks aren't that difficult. We had a lock on the refrigerator or something back here. I think it was on the refrigerator not too long ago. It was a combination lock, and I, I didn't know the combination. I said, how sad is that? The, the pastor can't even get in his own refrigerator. <laughs> I don't know the combination to the lock. But you know what? I went and Googled it. I didn't Google the combination. I Googled how do you get into a lock that you don't know the combination to. And there's a way to do it. And I did it. I broke into the old refrigerator over here. (laughs) And I took a soda and didn't pay for it for all the trouble I went through. alright I paid for it (laughs) I didn't want that 50 cents to keep me out of heaven (laughs) but there's some locks that are so complex and the longer you live in sin the more complex the lock gets the more difficult it is to sometimes people just need to man up or woman up enough to say, hey, it's time to stop what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm tired of making this situation any worse than what it already is. It's not going to be easy to get out of it today. But if I keep going tomorrow, it's going to be even more complex than it is today. Somebody needs to agree with the word of the Lord where it says today is the day of salvation. It's never going to get any easier than right now. You need to start today to work your life out and work your salvation out. You need to live for God beginning today. The answer is finding the one who holds the key. Because it doesn't matter how deep your cell is. It doesn't matter how dark your past that you're locked in is. It doesn't matter what kind of mistakes that you have made that have you bound. It doesn't matter how deep it goes. As long as you have the key or know the one that has the key, But brother Rice, you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand what I've what I've been. You don't understand what happened to me. You don't understand uh, the the things that 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 have tainted me, and and the things that I have done and the places that I've been. You don't understand the darkness that are in in my life. You don't understand the complexity of the lock that has me bound. You don't get it, brother Rice. And I'm telling you, I don't have to get it because it doesn't matter. Your biggest threat is none of those things. If you have past mistakes that haunt you, that have you locked in, it's no match for His grace. We sang that song a while ago about God's grace. Oh, and it hit me all over again Uh, because sometimes my mind, not Jesus Christ has wiped it all away, but my mind can still go back and remember God allows us to remember where he's brought us from, not to, not to make us feel guilty, but to cause us to be thankful for how he's transformed us from what we used to be into what he's created us to be. Just ask the Apostle Paul. How did you do it? Well, I had to get knocked off my high horse, literally. One minute he's riding down the road. The next minute he's flat on his back and he can't see nothing with his natural eyes, but he's seeing some things through his spiritual eyes that he's never seen before. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom thou persecuted Now that makes a whole lot of sense to a man that all of a sudden has been fighting against Jesus Christ, who's been terrorizing anybody that follows him. And all of a sudden he comes to find out that this one that he has been uh, in trouble with, this one that he has been terrorizing, all of a sudden is the one that he should be following. But what about my past? What about all the mistakes I've made? What about all the, the good people that I've offended and, and I've, I've broken up families and I've done all these things that are wrong? What about those things? And Jesus said, what about them, Paul? I'm going to take your past and I'm going to create in you something that is so different, something that is so unique. And I'm telling somebody here today, the things that you went through in your past, God is going to use those things to propel you into your future. If not maybe they were your mistakes. But God has a way of taking all of your wrongdoings and creating in you something that he could never create in somebody else. He'll use your past. Well, I'm sick. I've, I, every time I turn around, I'm in a, laying in a hospital bed or at home, and I can't seem to get any momentum, and I, I I can't get past this thing. I've been like this for years. Well, let me tell you something: there is some sickness that just comes on us, but I believe that there is a spirit of sickness that we can rebuke. Yes. Come on! Yes. Yes. I'm not saying it won't take any effort on your part but we need to come to the realization that God is not just a healer but God is our healer I want him to be so close and personal with me that I can call upon him when I start to feel a little bit bad and I say God you see what I need to do if you have a higher purpose if you need to lay me flat on my back then do so but God if this is an attack from the enemy if this is an attack that's trying to uh, to, trying to destroy my momentum in my relationship with you. I rebuke that in Jesus name. 12 years, the woman went with the issue of blood so weak and so broke by all of it until one day she struggled in that little frail body of hers, that weakness that she had. And she just kept pressing through. She couldn't put her arms around Jesus. She didn't never get to hug him. She didn't really get up that close. She just reached out with the last bit of effort that she had and she touched the hem of his garment and it was enough. And if it was enough for her it's enough for you. If it was enough for her it's enough for me. God is in the healing business. It's not that that's not our excuse. We can't use that. What about the demons of your past? I would have to point you to the man that was living up in the tombs, running around with not a stitch of clothing on. The only thing he wore was the chain that he had broken. Still had the evidence around his wrist and around his legs. The shackles were there to prove that in the physical realm, nothing could lock him in. Nothing could contain him. Those demonic spirits, they caused him to shriek in the middle of the night to terrorize those that lived around him. Amen. He's got the broken remnants of the chains that tried to hold him still hanging from his body. But there was a chain that he could not be free from. It was a chain that was not locking him out someplace, but it was a chain that had him locked in. There's only so much you can do on your own. And then Jesus showed up on the scene. I think he saw his opportunity, something in him said, I'm tired of being tormented by these evil spirits. They've given me physical strength. They've, they, they've got me living a wild, wild life up here in these tombs, but it's separate, separated me from everybody I know and everybody that I love. Nobody will come around me. All I have is my, my spiritual, my physical strength. Nothing can contain me, but there was something inside of him that he could not break free from until he fell before the master and in one moment's time the complexity of that lock you heard it click and the next thing it says is the man was found clothed and in his right mind something unlocked the door Inside of him. We can use all the excuses that we want to use. My past mistakes. The demons that torment me and won't let me sleep. The sickness that plagues my body and keeps me from doing what I see others do for God. But we have evidence that none of those things are what is truly keeping us locked in. There's a name that is synonymous with escape. The name of Houdini, Harry Houdini, who made a name for himself by escaping every imaginable confinement. You put locks around his wrist, you put a straight jacket on him, you give him a little bit of time, and he was out. He boasted that there was not a cell door that could hold him, and so people took him up on that several times, and they were proud of this brand new lock, this brand new prison, and they would bring Harry Houdini in, and they would put him in a cell, and Clank would go the door, and They would stand there and watch as within minutes usually. He'd push that door and it would swing wide open. He'd walk out and say, nothing can hold me in. Nothing can lock me in. One of the greatest escape artists the world has ever known. Worked every time but one. Another invitation came to Harry Houdini to demonstrate his masterful skill at escaping, picking locks. He walked through this prison hallway dressed in his normal everyday clothes. They escorted him down to the prison cell. He stepped inside and clank went the door behind him. He turns around and looks. There's people on the outside of the bars, free as a bird. And he's locked inside with nothing but his knowledge of escape and his little piece of metal that he used to pick the locks. Where did our music come today? They put him in that cell alone and He pulled that little piece of metal from his belt and he began working on the lock. He thought it won't be any time. This should be simple. I've done this so many times before that it won't be long before I'll be able to prove to them that I am once again the greatest escape artist the world has ever known. You can't keep me locked in. But the minutes went by, and then the hours went by. He didn't hear the little sound that he was accustomed to hearing that told him that he had been successful and that he could now push the door open and prove to the world how great he was. Sweat began to break out on his face. Got a little red from embarrassment. He began to get exhausted and frustrated. And finally, after several hours, Harry Houdini had to admit defeat that he could not figure out this lock that was on this prison door that held him bound. He was so exhausted that he just leaned up against the door. And when he did, something strange happened. The door swung wide open. You say, did he unlock it without realizing it? No. What had happened was the door had never been locked. The only thing that was keeping him a prisoner was his mind. He could have walked in when they shut that door and he could have just pushed it right open and walked right out a millisecond after he had been contained in that prison cell. But because of his past, because of his experiences, his mind would not allow him to go and think that the prison door might already be unlocked. That it had never been set and therefore, he frustrated himself and he remained a captive because of the way he thought. John wrote in Revelation about Jesus, his beautiful description of a glorified Christ. Would you stand with me today? He's seeing things and he's hearing things that no man knows. He's being. Taken to places that no man has ever gone. John the Revelator. He begins a whole chapter, the first chapter of Revelations, stating that he's talking about Jesus Christ here. Let there be no mistake of who it is that he's proclaiming and he's writing these things down and here we are 2,000 years later and we can open up our word of God and begin to read what John wrote and what John saw and you can go to chapter 1 verse 17 and John says when I saw him I fell at his feet as dead and he laid his right hand upon me saying unto me fear not I am the first and I am the last I am he that liveth and was dead and behold I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death if you're curious how you're going to get out of your problem that you're in if you're curious of how you're going to escape the room that has you locked in Jesus Christ came to tell you I've got the keys for you today all you have to do is bow yourself before me John said I fell before him as dead I humbled myself before him I showed him respect and honored him I fell down at his feet but when I did he started speaking to me and he said you got nothing to fear because i've got the keys amen the keys of death the keys of hell you don't have to be bound by sin you don't have to be captive by sin you don't have to be locked in because we know the one who has the keys and he gave those keys to a man named peter Men say that I am well some say you're this prophet and some say you're Elijah and some say you're this and some say you're that and, and Jesus stopped them right before uh, he was to be crucified just a little short time before that and he said okay I, I know what everybody else says but what do you say who do you say that I am Peter said thou art the Christ son of the living God Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood's not revealed this to you. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you something here, Peter, because you've taken this leap of faith and you have an understanding that most do not have of who I am. You see, you'll never be able to receive the keys until you first have the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. You've got to have a revelation. You've got to have an understanding of who He is. And when you have the understanding that Jesus Christ is the answer, He'll reach in His pocket. And he's going to hand you the keys, and the keys are what Peter said. You got to repent of your sins. You got to tell God you're sorry. You got to be baptized. He said every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, not just you, you and you, not just you, uh, the men or just the women or just the ones that uh, that reach some social status. You, everybody in this room and everybody in this world, has to be baptized. Why? Because it's one of the keys. the name of jesus christ for the remission of your sins who wouldn't want that anyway i want to drag around these sins with me for the rest of my life why would you want to carry all that baggage with you sin is heavy when jesus christ said i've got a key for that i've got a key that can unlock that and once we unlock that lock that's gonna fall right off of you and you're never gonna have to worry about you can keep on walking but you just don't have to carry that with you anymore you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. for It's for everyone. Well, I've got my past. I've got my problems. I've got my sickness. I've got my excuses. No, you don't. Not when you get the key. Because the key will let you out of the prison that you're locked in. Hmm. only thing keeping you where you're at right now, and if you don't like where you're at, don't you point a finger at anything else in this world. The only thing that's holding you back is yourself. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can have the Holy Ghost today. If you're not ready, Should Jesus Christ come back and take his church out of this world? You can have it today because he's here with the keys. As they begin to sing this song, I'm just going to invite you. If you've got sickness in your body today, why don't you let us just take some spiritual authority over it? Why don't you come up here and let us pray for you?